Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Covid Central. In episode 5 of What's in the Name, uh, we're going to cover two more uh, female names in our community today. And uh, just as a summary of what has happened in What's in the Name from episode 1 to episode 4. In episode 1, we actually had a discussion with the converts in our team to talk about how we found our names and, and what our names mean to us, just as an introduction to, to What's in the Name. And of course, this podcast series aims to assist both born Muslims and converts in understanding the meanings of the names in our Muslim community. So hopefully, this can assist converts to take on uh, new Muslim names and also it can help our Muslim brothers and sisters in our community to understand uh, some of the meanings of the names that of, of the people around them. So in episode 2, all the way to episode 4, which is the previous episode, we've had Ustaz Mizi Wahid and Ustaz Hidayah to cover uh, some of the male and female Muslim names in our community. So the names that they have been covered are Muhammad, Abdullah, Farhan, Umar, uh, Ashraf, and uh, in, the, in the previous two episode, previous episode, we covered two names, Mariam and Hafsa. So today, uh, we are going to cover two more names, uh, which uh, are very, very uh, big figures in Islam as well, very, very beautiful names. And these two names are Khadija and Aisha. Together with Ustaza, we also have uh, Sis Aisha Lim, who is also a convert herself, to join us. So at this point of time, uh, we, are, we have already introduced Ustaza in the previous podcast. So I'll just get uh, Sis Aisha Lim to introduce a little bit of herself before I pass the time on to Ustaza to talk about the names today. Shmila, sister. Hi, everybody. Assalamualaikum. My name is Aisha. So actually, I converted uh, 17 years ago. And so can tell from my place, I'm a Chinese. I'm born from a very traditional Chinese family. So basically, the reason for me to convert is actually started very young. And uh, I was actually searching for religion when I was a little girl. So um, I always wanted to find myself a school that I can find a religion. So I actually got... My mom was actually quite shocked uh, when I do that when I was really young. So she actually brought me to a Buddhist school in the beginning. And I was quite uh, excited in the beginning. I was thinking, wow, I'm finally going to meet the creator. <laughs> back then, then, I went excited. I walked into the hall and saw a very big statue you know, back then. And I slowly read about it and found out that hey, actually, um, that's not what I actually wanted. Uh, it's not what I want to, to, to be. And actually, later part, when I was in my mid-20s, I did a, a very simple prayer to say that actually I want, I know that there is, that you are Aziz and I want to know you. Uh, do you mind, you know, let me know you. And also uh, let me uh, meet someone that I can be introduced to you. So because of that prayer, actually I, I, I met someone at the bus stop and a complete stranger. And he actually introduced me to Islam. And that's how I get to find out about Islam and uh, everything. Actually, I don't. Uh, my, my husband is a Malay, but I actually don't know anything about Malay back then. So I'm quite surprised myself <laughs> to talk to someone. <laughs> I'm not someone who actually talked to a stranger at the bus stop. <laughs> so he himself as well. He don't do that too. <laughs> so actually, it just start, happened very miraculously without me knowing why. Then that was I started to find out more about Islam through uh, Darul Akam. That's where I start to you know start to know uh, more about the region. That's where I converted uh, on. 17 years back. So, yeah. Inshallah. 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 Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your story with us. And I, we hope to get you and also Sis Mariam who came on to the previous podcast one day to share your story. Actually, so, uh, I think I think that's, that's such a beautiful story. And and I think my story was similar to yours as well. Uh, learn Islam through uh, Malay Muslim. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, today we're going to cover your name, Aisha, and, and, and the name Khadija. Right, so I guess I will start with Khadija and I'll pass my time on to Ustaz Hidayah to talk about the name Khadija. 
Right, so today we're going to talk about uh, Khadija radiallahu anha. And uh, for me, actually Khadija is someone who we do not have to convince so much because she herself is already a significant figure. She was the first woman to embrace Islam and um, technically also the first person lah, to accept Islam because right after uh, Rasulullah SAW uh, met Jibril, like after Jibril appeared himself in front of Rasulullah, um, Khadija was the first person to know of that matter. And in fact, later on we will see how um, Khadija radiallahu anha played her role um, in establishing uh, Islam because uh, he's not just a support system, but the advice that she gave, the support that she gave, her instincts and the decisions that she made actually really assist uh, Rasulullah to be confident in shouldering the role as the prophet chosen by Allah Ta'ala. So to start off, um, Khadija before Islam came, um, Khadija herself is someone who is, she's among the uh, elites in the society because she was also a widow and she is known as a rich, wealthy woman who has successful businesses. So she's an entrepreneur. And the thing about her is she's not only wealthy, she's also gorgeous. Um, she's among those who come from good family. So a lot of men at that point of time wanted to marry her, especially because she's wealthy, because it will boost their status among the society. Um, however, because Khadija, she's a self-sufficient woman. She does not need someone who has uh, wealth. She does not need someone who is who, who can promise her anything materialistic. So um, she just needs someone who she can trust enough uh, to be part of her life and to also um, help her managing her business. Now, that was the beginning of how um, Khadija anha was inclined to get to know Rasulullah SAW. So um, Rasulullah SAW, he grew up because Rasulullah was an orphan, he lost uh, both his parents, um, his father before even he was born, and then his mother Amina uh, when he was six years old. So Rasulullah grew up as an orphan and uh, he was then taken care of by his grandfather, but then um, his grandfather passed away. Uh, so he then is being taken care of by his uncle uh, Abu Talib. So the thing about Abu Talib is um, he had a lot of children, and he's not really wealthy. Lah. He's quite poor. So Rasulullah has to learn how to like, sustain himself as well and uh, assist Abu Talib. So he had to also work, and he became a shepherd. And then, uh, because of that also, he became part of the uh, trading. Like he joined the group where they migrated from. No, they did not migrate. Like they moved from uh, Mecca to several other places um, uh, around Saudi, uh, Saudi Arabia. And uh, because of that, he, he picked up the skill of entrepreneurship. And especially because Rasulullah he has all the good characters and values. So he is trustworthy, he never lies, uh, he is ideal, he is just, he makes good decisions. Uh, he did not allow desires to be clouding his judgments. So um, he is known for that. And because of that, someone actually introduced uh, Khadija to Rasulullah SAW that, hey, this man is good. You should like employ him to help run your business. 
So Khadija then realized that after like employing Rasulullah and Salam, uh, she realized that hey, her business gets better. Like um, not only that he run her business as well, she gain profit and she can expand further. And so she she find it oh interesting lah. Like this young man, I can trust him and he brings profits to my business. So um, this middle person, which I forgot the name, but this middle person. Then um, nudge Khadija lah by saying that, hey, why why don't you get to know this this man? He has all the good characters and all. So this middle person helped to uh, become the matchmaker, and that's how um, Rasulullah SAW and Khadija got married. Mainly, it is because the attracted the attractive point was because of his personality, and at the same time, Khadija herself, like I mentioned, she is not just wealthy; she is someone from a beautiful character and she herself before islam came she has never associated to idol worshiping so um she herself among those who and because later on when we when we find out that how he she introduced rasulullah to warqah bin nawfal which is his, her uncle um they are among the ahli kitab which means the people of scriptures so they read tawrah they read injil so um Khadija has never associated herself to idol worshipping and therefore she is among those who protects her faith as well. So um, Khadija anha, was Rasulullah's first love and um, she is not only beautiful, she is very compassionate. Like she is, she is humble enough even though she is the one who possesses more wealth but she is humble enough to care for Rasulullah and support Rasulullah in every of his actions, his lifestyle. Uh, we all know that um, Prophet Muhammad, he has this uh, routine where he will isolate himself from the society. And that was how uh, the events in which the first revelation was sent to him in the Mount of uh, Iraq. So um, Khadija, we, we all know that Khadija is so much older than him. And uh, at that age, she was like around 40 plus, right? In fact, no. If Rasulullah received the revelation when he was 40, so Khadija is around 60. So at that age, she climbed um, the mount of uh, Jabal Nur. He climbed that mountain um, to actually give food to Rasulullah So that's how much she loved and cared for Rasulullah even at that age. When she's no longer that strong, she can still climb that mountain. And when Rasulullah first received the revelation from Malik Jibril, Khadija was the one who calmed him down, right? So, of course, uh, it is something scary lah because uh, Angel Jibril appeared himself as his, or his original form in the form of uh, a malaika. Uh, so, uh, not that the angel looks scary or ugly, but if we see something that is not normal, of course, we will get scared, isn't it? So Rasulullah, of course, he got scared. And when Angel Jibril hugged him and asked him to read, and he is in the state, okay, what am I supposed to read? I don't know what to read. So Russell was panicked and then um, he was scared and all that. So when he came home after that incident, he was shivering. He asked Khadija to cover him with a blanket and then Khadija calmed him down. She listened to him after Russell told him what happened. And that was when the instincts of Khadija like, oh, okay. So Khadija brought Prophet Muhammad to Warakah bin Nawfal. Uh, who is like a pope lah in that sense. Um, he's an Ahlul Kitab. And that was when he advised Rasulullah SAW that, oh, 
it is written in the scripture that there will be the last prophet appointed by Allah Ta'ala and you have met um, the signs and the criteria. And that was when immediately when that happened, Waraqah even advised Prophet Muhammad that uh, from today onwards, you won't live a, an easy life because the Arabs in Makkah, they will not make his life easy. Okay? And of course, we all know that when that happens, Khadija as a wife, that thing won't only affect him, it will affect her as well because she's a wife. So whatever hardship that Prophet Muhammad will face, she will also face that. But Khadija convinced that, oh, it's okay. This is something that is interested to you. And she went through that journey with him. She supported him. She did not doubt. She was not doubtful at all after what Warakah told them. Uh, and because of her faith as well, it indirectly boosts the confidence in Rasulullah as well. Okay, I shall shoulder, shoulder this uh, appointment by Allah Ta'ala. So Khadija became the first person to embrace Islam. She immediately believed Rasulullah and she supported him. She stood by him. And that was why when Khadija passed away, uh, Rasulullah was greatly affected because um, of course la, she was his first love and then uh, she is a strong pillar in his life. So he was greatly affected by that. Yeah, And the interesting thing about Khadija was she had the advantage of uh, being the only wife, which means Rasul did not marry any other uh, mothers, uh, I mean, our mothers at a point of time. So Rasul was only married to Khadija radiallahu anha, and uh, Khadija was the only wife who uh, Rasul bear children with, which means Allah Ta'ala will that Khadija is the mother of Rasul's children. Initially, they had uh, two sons, but the sons passed away. Um, and then uh, with Khadija, Rasulullah had four other daughters. Alhamdulillah, thank you Ustaz. Subhanallah. I think that both names today that we're going to talk about, they are big, big names of Islam. One, one is Khadija, which was the first wife of the Prophet Wasallam, And uh, another one is uh, Aisha, who has also mentioned that she is his most beloved. Right. Um, and mashallah, I mean, when it comes to Khadija, it's, it's truly like the values that you've mentioned, Ustazah, like values of like such as humility, faith, and, and you know, being very independent is, is really the essence of, of, you know, her legacy when it comes to uh, uh, Khadija, radiallahu anhu. Um, truly, you know, she, she was such a successful businesswoman. And, and can you imagine that after being married to Rasulullah, that her life became a life of, you know, khidmat to him life of sacrifice to him and, and, and you know from, from becoming someone that would pay him a salary to someone that would climb mountains you know uh, while she was being pregnant to uh, give him food you know and, and comfort him and you know I, I recall going up uh, Jabanur uh, which is the mountain of Nur uh, this where uh, he also got his first revelation and I was on Umrah and it took me like one hour to go up and that was when they had stairs and, uh, you know, I, I can only imagine, you know, and, and around the stairs, jagged rocks, which is so hard to climb in. It's really much impossible for me unless I go on all fours. So we can only imagine in, in her times in the blistering heat, uh, what she had to go through to go up and down the mountain every day to, to you know, deliver food to the Prophet Wasallam, and, and sacrifice is, is something that, and, and because of her sacrifice, she, she lived such a blessed life and, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored and raised her station to what is right now. And of course, you know, being the first one to accept Islam, 
takes so much courage and trust, you know. And that time, even the Prophet ﷺ, he was doubting himself. He was wondering if the visions that he was seeing uh, that has caused him to go to Jabal Nur to reflect, are they things that he was imagining? You know, was he supposed to see these things? And, and, and was he being disturbed by something that was evil? And he was the one that had faith in him before he... He, he was strengthened uh, by his own faith uh, in himself. You know, she was the one that covered him in a blanket, told him that, no, you are a good man and, and you will only be good, given good things. So, so she, she really is someone that, that has a lot of faith and, and has a lot of trust and such a strong pillar of support for everyone around her. So very, very beautiful name. I, I recall like when I first heard about the name, uh, the, the story of her going up Jabal Nur, I, I, I teared. And every time I, I, I hear it again, I get goosebumps. So thank you so much for sharing that, Ustaza. And we'll go on to the, to the last name that we're going to talk about today, uh, Aisha. So uh, before we go, before we hand our time over to Ustaza Hidayah to talk about the name Aisha, uh, maybe we could get this Aisha to share uh, perhaps how she chose the name Aisha and what it means to her. I actually, my, I was known as uh, Maggie for many, many years during work. So I actually wanted to start with uh, letter M when I wanted to look for uh, uh, Muslim name, but I couldn't really find uh, a name that I, I fancy at that time. But so later on, I actually do not have a lot of thoughts behind the name, I, to be honest. I, I don't even uh, really, uh, I only know that when my husband first mentioned this name to me, I, I, I like it when, when she said Aisha at that time. <laughs> then I said, oh, that's a really beautiful name. So I said, is, uh, is this person a very uh, a person that we sh- I, I should know? So then he, he actually told me the story a little bit about uh, Aisha, which is uh, uh, the wife of uh, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And that's how I started to know of Aisha. And uh, I actually didn't even Google what's the real meaning behind it. <laughs> I just fall in love with the name. And I say, uh, okay, uh, why not? And I think it's quite easy to pronounce. I'm actually quite a, a straightforward person and very simple. I don't really have a lot of thoughts behind when I get to a name. I just say that, yeah, it's a beautiful name. And I think uh, that's nice to, to have it. And, and my husband happened to be, you know, Muhammad. I say, yeah, why not? You know, that, that's, that, that's it. <laughs> Maybe that is also why uh, your husband suggested the name Aisha because he is Muhammad. And uh, <laughs> Muhammad and Aisha. Um, yeah. Rasul loved Rasul loved Khadija a lot um, but he also uh, Aisha is also one of the most significant um, wife to Rasul not that he practiced favorism um, when it comes to affection when it comes to love lah, let's just put it that way um, there are things that can't be forced so um, Aisha uh, is someone who is literally written for him because marrying Aisha was actually an order from uh, Allah Ta'ala. So earlier on, our sister Aisha mentioned that Aisha uh, is the third wife of Rasulullah. What happened was um, after the demise of Khadija Anha, Rasulullah was devastated for a, a period of time. And then um, he was introduced to Abu uh, Saudah and as well as Aisha. So which means Rasulullah married Saudah and Aisha like about the same period of time. Not that at, at, at one instance, no lah, but about the same period, not that far. It's just that at that point of time, Aisha, uh, she was still very young. She was around nine years old. Um, uh, there are different versions uh, mentioned by scholars, but the point is, uh, she was very young at that point of time. But it was an order that uh, he shall marry off 
marry Aisha. And uh, Aisha's mother, uh, which means Abu Bakar Asidik's wife, was um, very delighted by that idea. Um, but what was like the terms or condition set is that the process is he shall be engaged to Aisha first before like the marriage is consummated. So um, Aisha only lived with Rasulullah after the hijrah happened or after a while, lah, which means after they were at Medina. So Aisha is uh, someone who Rasulullah really, really, really loved because of her character and her personality. She is very smart, she is independent, and she is brave. Because unlike Khadija, Khadija is someone who is more dedicated. She is more of a softer approach. She really, really respects Rasulullah. Not saying that Aisha did not, but because Aisha is an intellectual person, she does, uh, she does not hesitate to like voice out her thoughts and opinions. And therefore, that makes Aisha actually a prominent scholar in the Islamic history because um, the companions, how they rule out certain hukum or uh, decisions, Aisha is actually one of the main source of reference. So Aisha becomes an evidence that when people say that, oh, uh, a lot of the rulings in Islam are actually biased towards the men, Aisha is an evidence that that's not true because the companions actually refer to Aisha on a lot of matters. Uh, in the matter of okay, uh, and, and in, in deducing a, a, a decision or a law, the companions will refer to Aisha because uh, Aisha spent a lot of time with Rasulullah and then he learned from Rasulullah, he studied with Rasulullah, he observes, uh, even as simple as when Rasulullah was sick and Aisha will eavesdrop and, and listen to the conversation from other people with Rasulullah and then she picked on it and then she learned how to like you know take care of Rasulullah. So that's how Aisha become a scholar. And because Aisha is very, very young, so after the demise of Rasulullah, uh, Aisha lived for a longer time. And she, she was around uh, during the uh, righteous Khalif, which means when Abu Bakr al became the Khalifa, Aisha was around. When Umar al-Khattab became the Khalifa, Aisha was around. When Uthman and Ali become the Khalifa, um, Aisha was around. So it really assists with the whole establishing of um, the Muslims and Islam lah around Makkah, Medina, and the spread of Islam. So um, again, I would emphasize that there's no favorism in that. Mm. And the story of Aisha is always the dispute about how Rasulullah was accused as a pedophile because he got married to Aisha when she was very young. But we need to understand history that women at that point of time uh, women are like groomed to be the to be domesticated back then, like back then throughout the whole time. So um, the age of nine, ten, twelve is it's not something um, surprising that women are being married off at that point of time. Even in fact, during our great grandparents' time, it's not something surprising because I remember my grandmother was married off like around fifteen. 15, 16, so it's not surprising. Um, but somehow rather people leverage on that and it causes like accusations. And uh, when it comes to the study of Aisha, there is also another part where Allah Ta'ala himself actually justified for Aisha. Because if you have heard the story of how Aisha was slandered, 
uh, people, uh, there were a group of men actually like, actually there's this one person lah, but the rumor spread that Aisha was having an affair with another man just because um, Aisha was left behind during uh, when they were like traveling and then Aisha actually like um, unmounted herself from the camel because she wants to like uh, go to, to the toilet and stuff like that. So, um, but then once she was done, her bracelet broke off and she was like finding that bracelet. So the thing is, at that point of time, the order that women should veil uh, themselves has been sent down. So Aisha, as she was traveling, she was like, um, she was like carried in a covered, like a covered caravan, something like that. So the men who were carrying her did not notice that she has not gotten back. So that's how they continued their journey. So when Aisha was left behind, and then she settled herself at this one place where they, if, if the people realize that they left her behind, the people will come back. So she settled herself, but then she fall, fall asleep overnight. Um, and then in that group, there is this one man who she set himself at the last, uh, which means he will be the last person who set off. So when that happened, he was the one who found Aisha or the one in her. And so he he brought Aisha back to be part of the journey. When that happened, uh, Aisha did not realize initially that, oh, there was a rumor spreading around that he was having an affair with this man. So Aisha was sick, apparently. And then when he was sick, she, uh, the one who took care of her was her mother. Then she noticed, like, why did Rasulullah suddenly become different to me? Like, Rasulullah did not, uh, she's not really um, intimate with his words. He become cold and um, he was just like, okay, how is she? Just like that. He did not um, come to Aisha and say, how are you? And stuff like that. So Aisha noticed a different in behavior. And then one day when, he, when she found out that actually there was a rumor spreading around. And even if there are other people who do not believe it, but who knows, you know, like people can, people can do things that we do not expect. So when that happened, Aisha was so heartbroken. She cried and she went to his parents, uh, her parents' place. She spoke to Abu Bakar and her mother and then both of them like can't really do anything. And then uh, and until when Rasulullah, okay lah, Rasulullah come near to her and say that um, Allah is the one who accepts Tawbah. So you shall make repentance. That made Aisha stop crying. But instead of feeling sad, what she felt was anger. The reason why she felt anger is because, okay, people spreading rumors is one thing. But when you, as a husband, and Rasulullah do not believe me, like, the, the, the feelings change. So when that happened, Aisha immediately said that, you know what, uh, the verse that she's uh, hold on to is, she is among the sobering. Like, she believed that uh, she won't left just like that and she will just continue being patient and she knows that uh, the truth will be revealed and true enough um, there was a whole uh, 10 verses um, in Surah An-Nur in which Allah Ta'ala uh, revealed that verse uh, justifying for Aisha and that also served as a, a verse that describes how we deal with uh, slander and disrumors and stuff like that so uh, Aisha is that honorable because um, she is mentioned in the Quran 
So every time we come across Surah and Nur, we will remember about the incident of Aisha. And Aisha felt like, okay, I know that Allah Ta'ala will justify me, but she never expected that she will be mentioned in the Quran. And that is also how significant Aisha is. Just like Maryam. Maryam is also mentioned in the Quran. She does not have to justify for herself. She does not have to defend for herself. Allah Ta'ala does that. And that is when we really have tawakul that if we do things right, we do not have to worry that, you know, we have to prove ourselves. Eventually, Allah Ta'ala will prove it for, for us. So, that is our Aisha. She is a scholar. Um, she is also technically fun and witty in personality because uh, Rasulullah Rasulullah actually when he is around Aisha, um, he is more like cheeky lah when he was with Aisha. And that is also because Aisha was young. So of course, Rasulullah is someone who, he has great empathy. So um, he suits himself well in the society. Like when he speaks to this person, he will know how this person is. He won't use a standard format or behavior. So he will behave accordingly like with different group of people. So therefore, to win Aisha's heart, of course, Rasulullah someone who is so much older, he still have to be childish and playful around Aisha. And that's how Aisha managed to develop her feeling and love towards Rasulullah Thank you, Ustazah, for sharing. Um, I, I, I really agree with what you, sh- what you shared. Um, subhanallah, uh, Aisha is really such a big, big figure in our Islamic uh, tradition, even to today, right? Like, if uh, she has narrated so many hadiths about uh, how Rasulullah uh, Sallallahu was like at home because uh, as, as much as his companions loved him, they couldn't sleep with him in the same bed. They couldn't, you know, uh, you know, they couldn't cook with him, couldn't cook for him, you know, have meals with him. And it was because of um, wives of the Prophet like Hafsa and, and, and uh, Aisha and, uh, that, you know, all of us are able to know how he was like at home. So, you know, if for, for all four of us who are new to Islam and we see certain hadith, uh, you can see that some of them are narrated, most of them in which Rasulullah was at home, was narrated by Aisha, uh, anha. So, uh, subhanAllah, a big, big figure and, and definitely uh, her, her story is, is as such, you know, I, I think... Um, just now we also mentioned that uh, she's one of the most beloved uh, to the Prophet Sallallahu and um, I think it was, it was evident when when um, I think a companion was asking the Prophet Sallallahu uh, who 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 was his most beloved uh, companion Rasulullah said that um, it's Abu Bakr and he he he, he out at, uh, with the statement for he's the father of Aisha because he loved Aisha so much so she was beloved to the Prophet Sallallahu and and of course she, she has had a tough life growing up as, as a kid uh, together with the Prophet and, and this life was, was because of the fact that in the future you know after the demise of the Prophet she would go on to help to lead the uh, Ummah together with the Khalifas together with the leaders of the Ummah after the demise of the Prophet and, and to think that these were people that would go to her for advice while they are the people that have spent hours upon hours with the Prophet you know are uh, mimicking every of his actions, asking him every single thing about Islam and wanting to learn everything they can learn from him. And still, you know, uh, these are the people that would go to her for advice when it comes to religious matters. So, subhanAllah, she really has a huge, uh, very, very high station in terms of, uh, you know, in, in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and you know, I, I couldn't have phrased it better than Ustazah did. So, um, right now, I'd just like to ask Sis Aisha, uh, before we end the podcast, you know, now that you... 
have listened to what Ustaza has shared, do you have a better understanding of, of what your name represents and, and how do you think that motivates you to become a better Muslim? Uh, I was quite grateful for uh, Aisha because of her, because of her, her more than 2,000 hadith that he, she has done for us. That's how we also get to know about Prophet Muhammad, a little bit of the, the behind-door story. So uh, I think that part I, I am quite grateful for and to know uh, the knowledge that she shared to, to everyone. And uh, that's also made me feel that in the past, I think uh, I was also very attached to the worldly event. And I don't take learning uh, in terms of knowledge, Islamic knowledge as a priority back then. So I felt that after many years of knowing uh, Islam, I get to understand that it's not only being a, a Muslim, but it's also being a Muslim that we need to know a, little, uh, a lot more about about what who 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 are the important people uh, behind uh, the uh, inspiring Islam in the past as a history. So I'm very grateful that uh, uh, Brother Kevin invited me to this podcast that I actually uh, get to do more homework to understand <laughs> more about the uh, the prophet and the wife and the companion. And also, I believe that knowledge cannot just stop here. It's actually a continuous uh, journey to the last, right? And it becomes a priority for me nowadays that to, to really take effort to learn every single day the, uh, about Islam. Now, because in the past, it's always taken for granted that you know, somebody will tell you, or oh, I get to know this from... But actually, I didn't have... like We, we didn't do it enough to actually really study uh, the reason behind everything we're being told for. So, so now, actually, I, I, I want to... Uh, share that uh, with what Aisha, uh, Aisha has uh, inspired me to be so knowledgeable. Of course, I think a, a normal human can't be as knowledgeable as, as her probably, but I think at least we try uh, not to be perfect, but we try and we learn by reading every day. So uh, because I started really late and I, I, I felt there is a struggle also for, for and in terms of uh, learning, reading Quran, but I, I, I felt that it's not about age. It's about uh, strive to learn uh, every single letter and uh, to, to know what is the meaning behind it, which is, uh, uh, I feel that is important. And so it's also learn not to show, show off. I mean, I, I mean it's learn to understand. So uh, yeah, this, this is how I feel about uh, hearing all the story and learning the person that is so, so knowledgeable that, yeah. It's our pleasure to have you on our podcast and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you and guide you towards his team with more and more knowledge uh, just like how he has guided uh, Aisha radiallahu anha. So uh, I hope you, you know, after getting to know about, uh, you know, who uh, Aisha is, one of the mothers of, our be- uh, of the believers and, and what she represents, you know, really walk the path of their legacy and, and, and you know, strive to uh, learn, as you mentioned, learn more about Islam continuously and, and definitely these are people that, that, that we, we, we know about and when we learn more about their stories and we know that we hold their name, it makes us like the name a bit more, makes us, you know, feel a little bit better that, you know, we are, we are living their legacies and we want to do more as Muslims. So thank you for sharing that. 
Okay, so alhamdulillah, thank you both uh, Sis Aisha and Ustaz Hidayah for coming up onto Commerce Central and sharing about the names and your experiences in your lives. Uh, I, I, I have really benefited from both of your sharings uh, in, in this uh, podcast as well as Sis uh, Sarah Mariam's uh, sharing in the previous podcast. And uh, I, I, I know our listeners will also benefit from the podcast that we are making today. So at this point of time, uh, I'd like to thank both of you guys for coming on. And I'd like to ask... Uh, Uh, Ustaz Zahidah to help us with any session by reciting Tasbih Kafara and Surah Al-Asr. Bismillah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfirka wa atubu ilaik Bismillahirrahmanirrahim wa al-asr innal insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa aminu salihati wa tawasa bilhaq wa tawasa bilsab wa sallallahu ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin Thank you, Ustazah. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.